Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. talking about personality and grief, and our second guest is Dr. David Daniels. Dr. David Daniels is a brief parent and clinical professor in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at Stanford Medical School. He was in private practice for many years and is co-author of The Essential Enneagram. David teaches throughout the world regarding personality styles and how they impact adaptation of life and the experience of grief. Welcome to the show, David, and welcome back, Gloria. Thank you. Hi, well, thank David. you. It's wonderful to be with both of you. It's great having you on the show. You're a, a wonderful person, and, and it's been such a pleasure to know you throughout these years. Well, David, I wanted to start the show because we've got so much to cover. We've basically, with Peter, and I know you listened in, we've talked a little bit about been able to run through the types very quickly, and as we were saying, it's just a teaser for people to continue on to, to look into this rich process that, that we found so meaningful in our lives. But uh, for, I wanted to just mention to our audience before we start the, uh, this talking about the anagram that you are a brief parent, right? This is true, right. And your son David uh, died how many years ago? Well, it was uh, 19 years ago now, and mm-hmm. of course, the grief is still there because life and grief go hand in hand. You don't get rid of grief. It's not a medical condition. I you know am so glad I've you pointed out that out because it's a normal a normal process and so many people are feeling like, you know, we should get over it after six months or whatever. Right, that you should uh, grieve and then get back to life rather than that life and grief go hand in hand and when they're intertwined it enriches life. It allows Because grief lets us know how much we care. Right. Well, David, uh, we wanted to move on a little bit, talking uh, about the positive aspects of the Enneagram. Absolutely, and and especially the positive aspects of grieving. And We could start out with any of the triads, but the heart triad might be a good place to start. And if people have just tuned in, there are three triads, right? Can you just cover those quickly? Right. There's There's three centers of intelligence. There's a heart intelligence, a mental intelligence, and a body-based intelligence. We all have all three of these, but in the Enneagram world, there is a lead center of intelligence that means you rely somewhat more on that particular center. And I just thought we'd start out with the heart center, which is types 2, 3, and 4. Mm-hmm. And healthy grief for a 2 means, you know, like really being there with your own feelings, not attending so much to everybody else's feelings. Yeah, because as a two, I know after Scott died, I was a therapist, and I was reaching out all over the place, taking care of people and running things, and it was it was not a good thing. Yes, it's really important for that two to be in the natural flow of giving and receiving and share the love and, and care that just emanates naturally from, from the two, but it needs to be receiving as well as, as, as giving. Mm-hmm. When you turn to the three, which is this, performer so focused on tasks and goals and things to accomplish, it's really important to allow in your own vital feelings and to not be doing something all the time and allow other people to be more of service to you. It makes a huge difference. And yeah, isn't that, that's an amazing thought to just sit back and let people take care of you or, you know, it happens, I mean, or not, and just let it flow, yeah. Well, people want to serve you at that time and to be able to be receptive to your own true feelings and be able to just uh, have compassion in the face of suffering. That's the three's task. 
mm-hmm. have compassion for oneself, themselves, for others, you know, but for themselves. Right. Yes. And then type four, you know, it's a, it's so rich in feelings. It can be a great service to others at that time, and very much you know, communicate their heartfelt feelings and allow in feelings and allow in distress that's there. But they also be, need to be able to see the positive of life and not just the suffering of life, to be able to hold the positive futures there and to have a kind of sense of equanimity about life that it goes on and it flows on and not just get, get into what's the pain of, the, of life, but also to come back and experience the joy of life. So those the, are the, the fours can go really deep, can't they? They can go really deep in the task to lighten up and to turn to what is there rather than what's missing or the, or the sadness that's there, but also the joy that knowing the person and being in, in, in the relationship has such meaning. Right. So and those then, are the three. You and know, then we get into the head-based types, right? Well, going into the head-based types, the five, six, and seven, the five, uh, which has this tendency to detach, to protect themselves, and to go up into the head and to uh, uh, not be too influenced by emotion. The whole thing is to allow themselves to stay engaged and stay present and to have the pain and the emotion and to be touched by other people's emotion. It's just a huge thing to receive the support and care of others. And, and they, a, they're the guys who, the people who kind of tend to replay it, right? They right. don't live it at the moment. They'll go replay the funeral in their head all day. Right. And that that's That's... You know, not serving them so much as allowing themselves just to be present to their own feelings and to not knowing. Because five's quest to know is that if they know everything, then they'll be safe. Mm-hmm. Remember that the head types are seeking security and safety in the world in some form or other. Well, well you know, what what comes up for me is don't be afraid to reach out to those people. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Even though people seem yeah. to be withdrawn during a loss, um, you know, reach out to them and talk to them and include them. And then in the six, I know for myself, uh, uh, it's just huge, uh, the suddenness, the, the pain, the, uh, the temporary despair even, you know, that, that can come from the horror of grief uh, when, you first, when you first know about it. So for me, it was a whole path of how might I have faith and courage to move forward and be an example of that? How might I receive the love and support of others and know that it can last and endure and know that there's, that there's, that there's love that will flourish on and on, and the love of the person that you've lost is not going to go away ever. Now, you, when David was killed in an accident, you were um, not, you didn't know the Enneagram then, right? No, I knew the Enneagram. Oh, you did know. And the Enneagram, and I was already working on it, and it was enormously helpful in helping me trust in, in the future, in, in there's faith and there's hope, and to move forward. I, I know that David would have wanted us to, have faith and hope and courage in the future. Now, for our audience out there who are newly bereaved, uh, you know, how long does it take? I mean, using the Enneagram, I mean, can I, you know, get your book, The Essential Enneagram, and read it through and feel better tomorrow? Well, it's not about feeling better. Grief is a natural sadness. It lets you know how much you care. It's that we, and I've said this, and it's so vital, is that life and grief need to go hand in hand. So it's not like it's something to get over. It's something to learn to appreciate as a path toward knowing how much you care, how much you love. Mm-hmm. Just love. Yeah, and I want to talk about that a little bit more. Let's finish the types, and then uh, I want to ask you some questions about 
about what we're talking about, about the normalcy of grief, because I know you were in private practice as a psychiatrist for many years, and, and I, you've got a lot of wisdom for the folks just about grief in general. But let's finish the types. So we're, we're going on to uh, six, right? Well, I just did six. That's oh, me. You know? And now I'm going to go ahead with seven. Seven, which is keeping life up. You know, well, I can just escape all the pain of life. It's like allowing yourself to just be grounded to be in the present moment, to open your heart to yourself and to others, to allow in the painful feelings as well as the joyful feelings of life. You're never going to lose the joyful feelings of life, but to be able to accept the painful feelings, that's that's the path for the seven. Mm-hmm. So those are all the head-based, and then we get to the body-based, right, the eight? Right, the eight, and remember that we all have all three of these centers of intelligence. But the eight is uh, with this big energy that's forthright, that moves out, that goes against things, that goes from impulse to action, is to be able to, you know, like slow the pace down, to be able to allow in their own softer, more tender side, the vulnerability, and not see it as weakness. And the innocence of just coming freshly to each situation without having to do something about it, and then allow yourself to be taken care of and inspire others in the strength of, uh, of a positive future. That's the eight's path. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, to let yourself be vulnerable at the time when you are feeling terribly vulnerable is is a tough deal. It's very counterinstinctive. It's not counterintuitive. It's a very tough deal, but that's the path for the eight. And that's the path toward more wholeness for the eight. For the nine on the Enneagram, the path is to be able to be present to yourself. You know, there's a great talent in blending in and being able to support others in the process and to be present but to come back to what is what is all this life, what does it mean to my life, what is my purpose, what are my priorities too, and to remember to love yourself equally to all other people. That's the path for the nine. Mm-hmm. And then the one, again, the perfectionist, is to be, you know, have this huge uh, inner critic or superego it's sometimes called. And in grieving, it's really to allow, you know, forgiveness for yourself for whatever errors you've made and to release into life and to acceptance. That's the, that's the path for the one. Inspire others in, with acceptance and non-judgment. That's the huge path for the one, non-judgment. Mm-hmm. And these are, uh, you know, something that you can work on uh, just finding your type early on and then, and then working with it. It's a, a wonderful lifelong process, isn't it? Well, in the essential, yes, it is. In the essential Enneagram, by the way, there's a brand-new edition that's coming out this month of the Essential Enneagram. Oh, great. Any neat updates, it's still the most inexpensive, most comprehensive, you know, survey of the Enneagram. It's only 111 pages, so it's not uh, a huge volume. And you can really discover your type and your own path of development in some of these things we've been reviewing. Yeah, that's great. Well, David, just in general for a minute, and, and when we come back from break, we're going to talk about how to get in touch with you and uh, and your workshops and all the great stuff you're doing. But before we do that, have you got some advice just as generally in all your private practice and working with people and having your own experience of loss? What, what kind of advice would you give to folks out there? Say I am very newly bereaved in the last month. Well, I would say, you know, to remind people that Grief is a natural process. It's not an illness. Sometimes in America, especially, it seems to me we treat it as something to get over. And that just delays the grief. To allow the grief to be there, that it's a natural process, that's absolutely key. And what about going to doctors who want to give you medication? 
Oh, when my when my my mother died and my father was put on antidepressants after two or three weeks, I just went nonlinear. Talk about getting reactive! It was me <laughs> because I felt that's just so totally inappropriate, and that's the medical treatment of a natural process. And again, the second thing is that a grief allows us to know how much we care, that there's love underneath, and to live love and to live life. And the people that you're grieving you know, want you to live love and live life, and that's what its lesson is. You know, um, I run a compassionate friends group, and, and we get very newly briefed people in, and sometimes they come in and they're on Valium and antidepressants, and they're not able to cry. It's, it's uh, like I said, I got really reactive, and sometimes it's appropriate, and I think to me that's appropriate. Now, there are people, of course, that can, can turn to depression at some point, especially people that don't have a good separate self, you know, that don't have their own sense of well-being pretty much equal to other people, other sentient beings. So and you do have to look at people's pr- uh, prior history, right? Absolutely. I mean, people may have been on antidepressants prior or have a history. So that's a whole different thing. But, but if you're uh, a person who's just been going along with life and has a, a death, it, you know, you really do have to. Would you call it going through it or how do you talk about uh, grief and loss? I just talk about it comes in waves. That's another thing. People, uh, some little thing can trigger you into, and it just comes in waves. That's natural. And when you let life and grief come together, it's just natural to remind you how much you care. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and so it goes hand in hand, and that's a huge lesson. As I said before, you don't grieve and then come back to life. Right. They're, they're intertwined. Now, what about do I need a therapist? How do I know? And, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I think it's very useful to have a counselor to help you with appreciating life and your own life, to work through some of the things uh, in the process. Uh, I have a workshop on loss and grief. It gets very, very deep and meaningful. I think we all need to address this, and sometimes having a counselor to help us through the process. When uh, our son died, uh, the four of us, our other son and our daughter and Judy and myself, we went into counseling for almost a year because both uh, our son, J.D., and myself were therapists, and we didn't want to be therapists in the family. We wanted to be able to express some of the feelings and, and all our feelings and our concerns with, with everyone. So we got a counselor, and it was very useful. To um, you know, uh, I think that's great. One of the problems that I found is I had a couple of counselors, and they didn't know anything about grief and loss. Well, we picked one that did, yeah. <laughs> so it was a marvelous experience. Yeah, that's one of one of the downsides of um, counseling. If you can't find anybody who knows, you know, you have to educate your counselor. You no, know, and some again, some therapists. I mean, in psychiatry, it's, there's a denial of death. I was hardly ever trained. I was never trained anything in in how to deal and work with grief in my training. And a lot of therapists see uh, the cultural thing that grief is something to get over. Right, so, yeah. And I think self-help groups are great, too. I know that you live in Palo Alto, and there's CARA, which, uh, tr- you know, they have some uh, peer training also. Right, very good. And our, our my wife, Judy, uh, counseled, uh, became a counselor there for a good number of years. It's very, very vital. Yeah, they do uh, a great job, and there are other places like that around the United States. I was just saying that there was a piece that David wrote um, on Hope that we read here on the show several weeks ago, and it's still on our homepage, and I would highly suggest that you go read it because it is very inspirational. So thank you, David, for, for sending us that piece. Well, and I think to me the whole meaning of grief is to allow us to love more fully, to live more fully, to have hope and faith and love 
uh, imbue our lives. That's what the value in grief is. It can be a transformer if we don't try to avoid it. If we let it, let it, let it tell us how much love means to us and how to live love every day. Uh, that's a wonderful thought, and and it is so normalizing. I mean, the abnormality of grief in this world, the thought, the thought form that it's abnormal is 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 ridiculous, isn't it? And it's everywhere. It's everywhere in our culture. You know, the way we uh, the way we approach death. Our grandson, who's just turned seventeen, in speech and debate, he, he had his his whole speech this year was on death, mm-hmm. and it was a marvelous. Uh, Speech. He got fifth prize in the whole state competition out of hundreds and hundreds of people. Wow. And at the end, it, she talks about, this is a young 16, 17-year-old talking about the meaning of love that comes from the grief process. It's, it was beautiful. I would love to have him send that to us, David, and we'll put it up on our site. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, if he has a video of it, I'll check with him. <laughs> okay. All right, um, you know, David, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about what you're doing for our audience. I know they're they're going to want to know. Get the essential anagram. Uh, where can you get it on Amazon or your site or? It's on Amazon, it'll be in bookstores. You can get it on our site. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's. I know I'm proselytizing a bit, but it's really a marvelous book. No, I want you to. 111 pages. It's, it's very comprehensive. It has practices for each of the types. They're very specific. No other book really has that kind of uh, practices for the types for their own personal development. And, and one of the things uh, I would like to stress Talk that about is that the nine types show us that there's no one right way to grieve. That's, that's mm-hmm. my other thing. There's okay. no one right way. And not everybody goes through all the steps. You know, some people don't get angry and some people don't go through uh, as as much sadness as others. And the Enneagram types all have a different process, so there's no one right way to grieve. And then people think, well, I haven't grieved right because I didn't feel X. They just, you know, end up talking. Or he didn't grieve right. Right. You know, because he didn't cry as much as I did. Right. Yes, exactly. What a great point. I think so, too, because there, there are, there's no best personality type. They all have wonderful aspects and strengths and then areas that you go to when you're under stress, but there's not a good or bad personality type. Right. Two other little things I want to emphasize that, uh, is that uh, the nine types, the word ennea is simply the word nine in Greek. And if the Pentagon had had nine sides, everybody would know what an enneagon or enneagram is. And that's nothing mysterious about it. I just wanted to emphasize, I just wanted to emphasize that. Yeah, yeah, it's not a mystic thing. I mean, it's like the Myers Briggs, you know, only richer. Right. If people, a lot of people know the Myers Briggs, and the Enneagram is just on and on with wonderful insights. And the second thing there is that we're all human beings who just happen to have a personality structure called type, and underneath us is all the qualities of being a human being. Uh huh. That's a, that's great. Yeah. So uh, tell us, now you do workshops, right? Lots of workshops, and you can find them all on our website. Again, that's Enneagram Worldwide, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, worldwide.com. The workshops are there. Our trainings are there. We have marvelous, in-depth, intensive uh, workshops for people to attend and other variety of workshops that are offered by myself and Peter and Terry Saracino and Helen Palmer. They're all there on the website, along with tons of information about the Enneagram and a tour of the types of videos. So 
uh, we would recommend highly you go to the website. And you can also get um, uh, your Enneagram monthly newsletter. Well, we have, there's an Enneagram monthly newsletter, and then our association has a uh, quarterly newsletter that's called Talk, our journal, T-A-L-K. So uh, it's possible, uh, it's referenced in the Essential Enneagram, both of those associations, the International Enneagram Association and the Association of Enneagram Teachers in the Narrative Tradition, our association. Both are in the book. And the narrative tradition is, is very interesting because one of the things that they do, if you go to some of uh, workshops that you can find them, it, rather than finding your type by reading about it, you can go uh, somewhere where David will have all the types on the stage and and uh, you'll learn about types from listening to them talk about it, right? Well, it's very important. We have panels of people that uh, uh, know the system. It's the most powerful way to teach. It examples, it examples that everybody has some gift of knowledge and gift of to give to other people, so uh, and wisdom. So, in interviewing panels of people, one really gets the system, its benefits, and the strengths as well as the challenges each type has. Right, and you can really open yourself to it when you hear other people talking. Absolutely, talking from their own hearts. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing thing, and I would highly recommend it. Well, David, you have one path. Uh, Leaving. This is something you want to say. One last thing to our audience out there, particularly those who are newly bereaved. I think it's so important to allow yourself to grieve, and to know that in grief there is care, and that the purpose and meaning of grief is to learn how to live love each day as fully as possible. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, David. Thanks, thanks David. To both of you, I really appreciate it, and I look forward to another time. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.